Okay, I'm recording. Hey, everybody. Today we have Ken. Ken, introduce yourself. He is up a little north of the border in Canada. So we got the time zone challenge last week, but we got it together this week. And so Ken, please introduce yourself. I guess the best way of saying it, there are probably two main characteristics of myself. One is at heart, I'm a teacher. Been a teacher for 31 years, senior high, junior high, senior high for about 90% of the year. And probably you could say social studies was the major area that I taught in, even though my love was actually in, I did teach some English and it, it was probably the most fun when I had the freedom to be able to engage the students into doing creative writing. That is my second major element or characteristic, and that is that I love to write. No, I love to write stories. I love to write poems. And I am told uh, that I'm actually a pretty good narrator. I've actually taken a course on how to do an audiobook, and mm -hmm. I've passed it. I just haven't done it. I've got to <laughs> You got to get your name out there. That's about the size of it. But I just went to a conference about two weeks ago, and one of the opportunities that we had was to pick a couple of short selections and to share it with the audience. And I had my little opportunity, and I got a huge round of applause and compliments from a whole lot of people. And they said, you really have to get into doing your audiobooks because we enjoy how you, how you speak, how you read. So well, that would be number three. <laughs> That's right. I call it work in progress narrator. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So tell us about your latest book. And if you want, tell us about some of the other books you've done. You've written quite a few, actually, on your website. And you have a few out there. So please go ahead and indulge us. Okay. Since you said the latest, the latest book I have done was called In the End. And it's a young adult book, basically an adventure book. And I guess it was inspired by, call it the conversations that were taking place during COVID. And in particular, a lot of people concerned and worried that uh, we're losing our people, we're losing our friends. And what happens to you when you die? I don't want to die. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's definitely understandable. Neither do I. Right. Is there anything you can really do about it? And so that's what in the end is about. 12 young guys having a party in the garage. It's their man cave. And it's been storming for the last three days. And the garage drops into a sinkhole. Now, before they get a chance to drown at the bottom, they manage to crawl out of the garage and into a little cave that's actually a mouth for a whole maze of tunnels. And now they got to try and see if they can actually get out of there. All they got is flashlights lanterns and a little bit of food and water so they don't have a lot of time but they have no clue how to go around where to go and whatever anyway the i'm quite pleased with a number of the reviews that i've gotten on it the one that i enjoy seeing the most is people not only say an ending i never would have expected but after having read the end, they have to go back through it and read it again to see how it all came about. I think, so how do you get your characters? That's a really funny one because 12 characters, how do you come up with uh, 
a character or a profile for each one. And I thought that would be tough. So I made it easy on myself. I said, I'm just going to go to the astrological science, see what they've got there, and use that as a base to work from. Modify it as the, uh, the characters interact with each other. But that was the base. Now, do, do your books take place in Canada or all over the place or anywhere in particular? Mostly, I would say in Canada, simply because that's what I'm familiar with. Okay. But the first books that I wrote is called Old Country Surprises. And the majority of the setting in that one is in Ukraine. It's based upon a grandfather who is concerned that his grandson isn't really picking up the culture and the heritage like he'd like. His thinking is, how about if I ask him to go to the old country and research my grandfather's birthplace? And in the process, it collect a lot of stories from those older people. And he's thinking in that time, they'll get an idea who Ukrainians really are. So the grandson goes and because I had actually taken a bus tour of Ukraine for two and a half weeks and was mm -hmm. very thrilled with it. So much Was so that because of family or just interested in the country or? Well, my... You know. uh, actually Ukrainian and okay. I'm actually I say I'm a poor Ukrainian because I really haven't mastered the language it was not something my parents wanted to advertise that the Ukrainian it was mm -hmm. not popular culture if you really know the Ukrainian history particularly in Canada in in in, in World War one when we were at war we were at war with the Germans at that time, Ukraine didn't exist. It was part of Galatia, part of Austria. So if you had that Ukrainian kind of connection, you weren't seen as Ukrainian. You were seen as Austrian, German, the enemy. You weren't that kind of person who wanted to let everybody else know who you were. So consequently, I say I'm a poor Ukrainian in the sense that I have, I think the best way of calling it is called a private understanding of the Ukrainian culture, but not such a public one. Okay. That's where my main character was, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he got out. Um, so that, that's interesting. So are you self-published? Do you have a publisher? Did you do both? What, and what was your, you I know, have, the process like? I've worked through a couple of publishers, actually. I started off just telling stories story in a bus load of kids and adults who were on a tour the kids were all rambunctious and you know, did you get any of your ideas from the kids in school oh yeah i got one of those too i <laughs> <laughs> bet uh, on that particular point as a teacher i'm supervising the lunchroom and there's a bunch of girls talking and they're talking about how easy it is to be faithful to your boyfriend uh -huh. As a teacher, you got to get them to look at the other side. So I says, what kind of things might happen for someone to start turning their eyes away from their boyfriend? And give me a whole bunch of ideas. And over a course of a, a month or two, that they kept doing that. And they said, well, what do you want this for? I says, someday I'm going to write a book and I'm going to use the ideas that you gave me. <laughs> awesome. They didn't want any money, did they? <laughs> I was going to do it either. So talk about your publishing experience. I was saying that the I told that story in the bus, and the people in the bus said, you should write this up. 
So one time while I was in the holidays, I wrote it up. And okay, so uh, you've written it, but I'm not looking at publishing it. And mm -hmm. I just kind of shared things on fanstory.com or whether stories or poems or whatever. And along the side is a little blurb saying, would you like to know what it takes to become a publisher? Okay, fine. Okay, I'm curious. I was really in advertising for a publishing company. Exactly. And uh, yeah, they got in touch with me and they encouraged me. And Okay, I've got this thing already done, so we'll submit it. And they were really very encouraging and very helpful. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So I ended up publishing my first book like that. And because I was huh. so pleased about that, because I had this other one about the, the, the Lunch Girls story, I went and put that together and did that one too. So that's how I got into it. But I was a little concerned. This is an American company, and I wanted to get my books in the bookstores in Canada, and they didn't really have any contacts. So I another one, again, along that fanstory.com one, and hey, they can get the books into chapters. I, hey, I'm switching switching to this publisher. So for all kinds of prizes, that's what I had done. And so that kind of worked out. And what I ended up finding out is mm, it, there was a cost to be able to have those connections. I can I can do book signings in my city, and I can get the books put in there, and it doesn't cost me a cent. Exactly. So I thought, mm, okay, fine. I'll just go that way. <laughs> yeah, as I tell folks that that if you look at writing the book, the, the writing the book seems to be the easy part. It's marketing and getting it out there is really the challenge, especially if you're a new author or depending on where you live and what you're writing about. So I think that's the biggest challenge is the marketing aspect of it. I would agree. And I was, I would say for probably most of my writing time, I was ignorant of being an author, author as in that's a business and business. It is. It's a job. <laughs> and so for the longest time, I really wasn't too clued in about what to do and how to do, how to launch a book. Did you even launch a book? Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's probably a learning curve that started about two, maybe three years ago, and I'm still learning. And I haven't, I can't say that I'm a master at it, but I do have social media outlets, Facebook being my main one. Only in the last, call it three, maybe four months, both the publisher and my webmaster said you should put things on social media. You should put things on Facebook. We'll pay someone to do it. I looked at some of the things that some of the paid ones were supposed to do. Hire me and I'll do this. I said, I can do a heck of a lot better job than that. <laughs> yeah, I found out there are a ton of experts in the world. And there can't, everybody claims to be an expert, but there can't be that many. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There just can't be. They may be experts in a certain part. But for example, one of the things they don't know is they don't know your book. And you know the cute little things in there that you want to introduce. And then you can incorporate that into your posts. But they don't know that. They don't have the time to go ahead and read it. So as an author, you're much better off to do it yourself. Yeah, I found that. I'm not a big, or wasn't a big Facebook fan, but I just do it now. Just be able to get some of the word out. And yep. LinkedIn, I'm pretty heavily involved in Twitter, a little bit more than I was, but just because of the aspect of getting the book out, honestly. And I found that there's... A, they each have a different value. Like the Facebook is good just to 
have an awareness of the book and what's going out. Yeah. I use Canva for kind of creating the posts, which is really a good, I found a really good app to work with. Canvas? Canva. Canva. Oh, how do you spell that? C-A-N-V-A. And you get to create all kinds of, they have templates and they have where you can start off on your own. They even have a scheduler that works out well for just putting things on Facebook. Oh, so you can prearrange and take a few hours a day and just knock it out for the next week or two. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's smart. Because I found that 95% of all the authors that I've interviewed have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and writing and, and everything sometimes was something that they really enjoy or did enjoy when they were younger or getting back into it, but they have careers that they're more concentrated on. So you really got to be able to maximize your time and when you can write. How long does it take you to write up one of your books, do you think? I don't really know. I guess it just depends on what I do. The first book that I wrote, I actually did in a week. Now, that was a very short one. It was less than 10,000 words. And the second one was probably more along the line of a month. Then mm -hmm. you're talking about somebody who is just new at doing their work, and they're not necessarily, we'll say, an expert at their writing. But it's a start. Um, I'm with you on that. I know that, so I, I finished my first novel in six weeks, uh, about 80-some thousand words. And I just finished my second novel, had 92,000. So I've done two books in eight months, uh -huh. and I personally I'm not working, so I can able to do that. But I go through, and I find as my write as I continue, my writing is getting better. The books are the books seem to be getting better, even though I, the, the first one I, I really love. This one I do too. So I'm branding things, and because I want to do like a series, so I'm branding it. Got some plans around that. And, that's critical also. Yeah. Yeah. I know one book called Baggage Bird. It's a pretty large book, but it's based upon a woman who I saw as very intelligent and very attractive. She was very mm -hmm. much connected with kids. She just didn't want to have anything to do with adults. Like she didn't trust them. And she found out why. And so I had to tell her story. <clears throat> that took eight years. It was one oh, that it was that hard to be able to put in the kind of things that she did mm -hmm. and lived as nice person, but she knew how to turn people off so easily, and she was comfortable with that. Yeah. Now, all your books are fiction, right? Or are they all? Some look like me; they weren't fiction. Fiction, but they're based upon, say, reality. The example of that baggage burdens one some of the realities that is based on besides what this woman's life was like is <clears throat> stories i heard from people who came from alcohol anonymous now i was a teacher teaching sociology and one of the things that the kids love to hear about is drinking yeah. the problem with that and so that opened the door for bringing people in from alcohol anonymous and alanon and that kind of thing so they so a lot of the stories that i I pick up and incorporate there comes from what I heard from them or even worse. Once the kids knew that I had an understanding and an acceptance of that kind of situation, then they start coming to you and telling you their story. That was disturbing. 
So again, it could be, that could be very distressing. I mean, and then you do with, what do you do with the information? But I think of my writing as a realistic fiction. No, I kind of, my claim is, I think. So when you write and you publish and you market, what kind of advice would you give aspiring authors or heck, authors that have established authors that you would either change or do or redo? What kind of advice would you give? You've got quite a collection of books that you've written, so you've been very successful at it. Well, I'll say there's a couple of things that I would say I wish I would have known earlier that ends up improving the quality of my work. Probably one of the best is that you're in contact with a group of other authors who are comfortable in being beta readers. Now, I've had a couple of them who were, every week we would share a chapter with each other. And we would then comment on it. And it was all the way across anything. And we pulled no punches. How could you make this better? How does this come across? Is this really realistic? What mm -hmm. might instead? And so as a result of that kind of feedback, you end up having a better quality piece of work. Right. And that to me is really a good thing to do and try and find people that you can connect with like that. And once you do, hang on to them because they're valuable. Yeah, I would agree. I started having people, the first work I did, because I didn't, you didn't want to keep that, your work tight to your chest, right? You don't want to, oh, if this gets out, you got to be somewhat uh, paranoid. But then on this one, I said, uh, I had my brother say, hey, man, why don't you check this out? Because he read the first one and he's, so far so good on this one. Then I'll see what I do after that. But I'm not too worried, at least, I guess maybe because she will say the people that I know are mm -hmm. writers in their own right. And they write right. their And they, it, it, because it's a different genre, I'm not worried about somebody picking up something else. Yeah, I just didn't know. I didn't know anybody. You hear so much about plagiarisms and ideas being stolen, like movies and things like that. But this one, I, I just don't know. So I just kind of kept it under the wraps for a while. Or I'm not going to say authors who are new. And then I know this is it's new. And I encounter that when I meet other authors at LinkedIn is you really need to get reviews for your work on Amazon. And it's yes, <laughs> you can get some good reviews. You can get paid reviews. And that's I found that to be actually really good. I've got a couple of good sources for that. But what I really think is nice is if you can get other authors to do reviews for you, either as a beta reader or mm -hmm. as a host on. And one of the ways is when you find people who in your same genre, you show an interest in theirs, offer to do a review for them, ask them would they be willing to do one for you. And a lot of reciprocation, that's uh, for sure. And it kind of works out well that way. So. That, I would say, is a really good thing to try and do, especially if you are something like me. You don't have an awful lot of money to burn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So you got to be very diligent or with your money and your time. What about Goodreads? Do you do anything on Goodreads? I'm following it, but I haven't put anything on it. I have people who have encouraged me to do that. I probably would, but my priority right now is I'm working through a book it's a Kindle Vela version. It's a redo of one. And it's written different. And it's chapter by chapter. 
And so I'm more or less going through the last part of the edited stuff I got from the publisher. And as soon as I get that done, my next step is to do the narrating for each one. Oh, very cool. So you can do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Hey, nobody, nothing better than being your own, uh, eat your own dog food. There's a saying in technology that if you build something that you should use, you should be using. If you don't, then you're not eating your own dog food. So why should people eat your dog food? Well, if you don't like it, they won't either. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's cool though. Good for you. One of my training, I've taken the course, I passed, I know I can do this. And I have a mentor who will work with me if I have troubles, which is really good. But you can also do some just by recording it off a off an iPhone. First part to just to feel comfortable doing it is I have flash stories, and so I'll read those or I'll read poems, and then I'll start sharing those. Maybe I'm going to be sharing it on Facebook. I haven't done that, but I'm opening up a section on my uh, on my website, and there will be a section where you can listen to those short stories. So it'll give somebody an idea. How does this guy read? I like my Defiance Press and Publishing is my uh, publisher, and when we're doing the audio book, they you know, sent me like twenty-five people that edition for the for the audio book. I sat down, listened to them, narrowed them down. Then I got my wife and I, we narrowed them down, and then my son, he's just somebody goes, man, he goes, that sounds just like the people I work with. So I said, okay, this is the person that we're going to go with on the book. It's a, it's a lot. That's a lot to it. Like, um, the narration, looking at, figure out who is going to do it. It doesn't make sense even throughout the whole book and the different chapters that sound good. Yeah. And when you have a, when you hire someone, yeah, it's a bit of a cost, but you know that they're going to do the technical stuff as well. But the good thing about this course that I took and that mentor that I, he teaches you how to go through, not only to do the reading, but how to go through the editing and making certain that it's going to pass when it goes on to something like Findaway Voices or it goes on to Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, that was a two-month process for the book to be approved, to be put on Audible. Yeah. And so it's not just, here you go, submit your thing, and they do it. They go through a lengthy process. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming at different times of the year may be different, but I don't know, there's... I don't know how many books are put on Amazon every month, but there is millions of books out there. So you got to do something to stand yours out. So where can people get a hold of you? Where can people get your books? And if they want a great voice for narration, how are they going to do that? They're probably going to want to listen to my work first and then determine whether they think I'm actually that good. However, I do have a website, and that is www.authorkensake.com. And on there, you'll find all the books that I've done. And uh, you'll find that I actually have a blog site as well called Kingdom Builders. And uh, it, I, I'm not doing a lot of writing in that because I like to do other writing. If I do something once every two weeks, then you don't feel like you're going to be overwhelmed with a whole bunch of emails that are coming in. <laughs> and I'm not being overwhelmed the other way. Yeah, you can find all these books on, on Amazon as well. I write in several different genres. One of them I mentioned in the end is a faith one, but it's also young suspense mystery. And if you like a little bit of fantasy mixed into that, I've got a small series, three books. I mentioned that first one called The Change of Luck, 
but I've got two more that have followed along that line. And so you get to see how a special $100 bill that keeps coming back to you ends up putting the holder in so much trouble. They got to figure out how to get rid of the stupid thing. Give it to me. I tell them how to get rid of it. <laughs> the, the key is with a hundred dollar bill, break it in the twenties and those twenties go. That's the key. That's the key. Break a big bill in full bill, smaller bills and thing will go away. Snowflake in Texas in summer. It'll be gone. It doesn't happen that way in my book. <laughs> oh, that is cool. Yeah, well, great, Ken. Thanks. You also can link up at LinkedIn, correct? Facebook and such? LinkedIn, Facebook is... I put daily posts on there about my books from different kind of perspectives, so you really get a chance to get a flavor of the different things I write. That is great. That is great. Thanks for taking the time on a Saturday to sit down with me and the listeners and talk about your books yourself. And I think there were some great points. I wrote some stuff down. That's some great points you put out. That's for sure. Thank you for inviting me. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.